0: We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Samantha Rudolph, who is the co-founder and CEO of an incredibly cool technology product, Drum roll, babyation, and uh, it's it, maybe you can guess what it is if you have not seen it, but it is changing the way that breast pumping is done. So for anybody who has a small baby, has had children, you understand the process of of pumping. Probably uh, there's a lot of men out there that may want to understand the process of pumping. And this is your opportunity uh, as as Sam and I, which she goes by, we're just chatting about. But everything about this product is unique. The world's smallest breast shields an ultra quiet motor built-in milk storage and a patented vacuum boost technology that mimics a baby feeding for an efficient and comfortable experience i mean who wouldn't want to get one of these machines it's absolutely amazing and a great gift uh as well so i'm excited to have sam here to share all about the journey and building this incredible product and company and uh Yes, so thank you, thank you for coming, Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Super excited. So, what an incredible story! First of all, uh, I know how hard this must be, especially having to get the patent and uh, and all of the things. Not only did it take a while, um, but also just everything that you have to do to build uh, the product and and you know the all of the the processes as well in order to make it happen. But you had a vision and it was so clear to you. Can you share how this all came about?
1: Absolutely. So um, many years ago, I was on a ski trip with my husband. Uh, we were living on the East Coast at the time. And one Sunday morning when we had... Uh, real jobs and no kids. Uh, We were really living the good life. Um, I read an article in the New York Times and the headline was, shouldn't the breast pump be as elegant as an iPhone and as quiet as a priest by now? And very candidly, I did not know what a breast pump was, but the the headline kind of grabbed my attention and I started reading and I saw my future flash before my eyes and got really, really angry. Um, I shook my husband awake and his name's Jared and Jared's a very gifted engineer. And I said, can you believe one more thing women have to deal with as I just stood up on my soapbox and kind of jumped up and down. And, you know, I'll never forget it. He opened up one eye and said, Oh, breast pumps aren't that complicated. I can build one. And then went back to sleep. Um, And, you know, we skied that day and then we were driving back to Connecticut where we were living at the time that night. And I said, I, you know, I was still really amped up. I said, okay, let's talk about this breast pump. You know, what, what should a breast pump have and kind of, you know, the latest technology? And we very quickly settled on this concept of discretion. So, you know, every feature we should make should be tied to discretion. It should be low profile. It should be app controllable. Um, there should be a place to store the milk and. You know, then we we went about our daily lives, and and I think neither one of us ever thought we would utter the word breast pump again until we had a kid. But we we couldn't stop thinking about it, so here we are.
0: So, how many years
1: ago was this? <laughs> so we had the idea in 2014. Uh, we spent an entire year trying to not move forward um, because we just we were happy with our our jobs. We weren't looking to make a change. Um, but finally, you know, we had kind of enough proof points that this was a good idea. And that we had a unique solution, and and that we could build it. Um, that we started dipping our toes in in 2015, and then started working in earnest in 2016. Um, breast pumps are medical devices, so they go through the FDA's clearance process, which is you know not an overnight thing. And so we really kind of started in 2016, and then launched in 2022.
0: So, what is the process for actually getting the FDA approval for a technology uh, product? And maybe that's different actually for medical devices as well.
1: Yeah. So the FDA has different classes of medical devices, class one, class two, and class three. And there's different processes based on your class. Breast pumps are class two. And so what I didn't know before we kind of started the process is that you have to basically build the entire device in what's called its final finished form before you can get approval or clearance in our case. So we basically had to do all of the development work, get clearance, and then transition into manufacturing. And that's why, you know, no breast pump company can really spin up overnight, which, you know, as a mom, I really appreciate. As a business owner, I wish it could have been a little faster.
0: Yeah, definitely. So how long did it take front to back? Um, We,
1: like I said, we started in 2016. We launched in 2022. So it took about six years.
0: Wow. That is commitment. So patience and commitment. For <laughs> that sure. is commitment. So absolutely. Yeah. So the thing, the one of the things that I thought was so unique about your machine is that you have a patented vacuum technology. Can you explain a little bit how that's different from other products in the market?
1: Absolutely. So we actually have gosh, I think now it's more than 30 issued patents worldwide, which is a number I never thought I would be uttering. It, it's it's amazing and I'm grateful, but I'm still uh surprised by it. Um, So what we did is that we are the only breast pump company that separates what's on the body from where the milk is stored. And so in order to kind of connect the two, we have two incredibly small tubes um, combined smaller than the size of a pen, uh, one for milk and one for air. And that's what allows us to have this kind of vacuum boost technology that we've patented it's also what allows our, our pump to function in a way that mimics a baby suction. And we are the only breast pump that can make that claim.
0: Wow. That's, that's incredible. So, and how are you getting the word out? I mean, you launched in, in 2022, so it's still fairly new, even though you were working on it for some time. What, how are you getting the word out about it so far?
1: Yeah. So when we launched, we actually launched with a multi-thousand person wait list. Um, and that's because we had been fortunate enough to receive press about what we were doing. And so a lot of people were interested. So we've built on that list. Um, we've also been fortunate to have won some awards. Uh, we were a, a Time Innovation 2022 award winner, for instance, a Fast Company World Changing Idea winner. Um, so that helps, uh, you know, word of mouth helps kind of, the you know, what you would expect on the D to C side. So a mix of, uh, you know, Emails and paid social and influencers and awards and press and and you know all of
0: those things have really kind of helped us out. That's amazing. So D 2 C is how you're going to market, mm-hmm. and how is that going so far? I, is it? Uh, do you feel like it's uh, pretty challenging and to kind of stand apart? Or also as a medical device, do you? Are there different? I guess regulations to you can't make health claims. I don't know that you would make health claims, I guess, but, uh, but do you find that it's, uh, it's different than maybe you thought?
1: I think it's, it's a little bit different. You know, we, mm-hmm. we joke that we had six years or to really kind of know what kind of company we were as an R and D company. And then we went on sale and it was a completely different world. And I think that was something that was most surprising to me, at least as I thought, you know, day one of going on sale, we would be the same as, you know, Day minus one, and it was a completely different ball game, right? We were thinking about different metrics. We were focused on different things. Um, we've always had a very mom-forward approach, right? We are making this for moms, so our users have always been front and center. They've always been our north star. Um, that piece wasn't different, you know. We still have exceptional customer service, um, but you know, absolutely, the type of business that we are and the way we think about our business shifted the day, you know, the hour, the minute we went on sale um that's you know that's a little bit different for us i think there's there's good and there's bad to direct to consumer you know there's obviously the scale is not the same as a a retail play but for us being able to have that really strong one-on-one connection with our moms matters you know across the board we are lauded for our customer service anytime someone has a question they get a certified lactation expert either a clc or an IBCLC. And that requires a lot of, you know, coursework and an actual test in order to receive those certifications. Um, we offer one-on-one Zooms with anyone who wants to either see our pump beforehand or, you know, have help with it after. Um, and I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that we have provided, you know, top-level service. Um, I, I kind of jokingly refer to our team as pump concierges, and you know, I think that matters for a product like ours. We want this. We want our users, our moms, our customers to feel supported.
0: How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. How have you found uh, people to come and work for you? Uh, So because obviously, this is a brand new product. It's, uh, it's something that is, you know, really unique and different. Um, How has it been to actually recruit people to come and join you? I always laugh at at, that. When I asked this question because I remember back in 2005 we it, it, when I launched Hint I hadn't been in the beverage industry and you know I'm trying to get people to sort of help me so I could scale and uh you know frankly those aren't the same people that that I had long term I mean they stayed for a while and and they were able to get Some of the things done. And some of it was I didn't even know what I needed, right? Until I actually got it out there in the market. And then those things kind of changed. But I'm so curious in today's environment, is it how hard is it? Um, what kind of people do you add to your team initially? And things like that. So recruiting
1: is my jam. I I think it's one of my secret powers. Super superpowers, sorry, superpowers. Um and and I learned really early on. So before I we started Babiation, I worked at ESPN and I okay. was a serial entrepreneur there. And I started a couple different departments and technologies. And I was hired to be a manager at ESPN at the age of 23. And I had direct reports under me that were much older than I was. And we had to hire a team of about a hundred people and none of the other managers wanted anything to do with hiring. And I said, but wait a second, this is the most important thing we do. Nothing else matters. If we don't hire the right people, we can have the best ideas, but we can't execute it. And so hiring those people really quickly and understanding kind of what we need, you know who we needed, how to find them, um, obviously hiring for a company like ESPN is different than hiring for a startup in St. Louis. Um, but it really taught me those skills and the importance of getting those hires right. Um, so our, our first two, you know, non-founder hires came on board at the end of 2018. They're still with us. Um, we worked with both of them as consultants, as freelance consultants, before we brought them on full-time to really make sure they were the right people. Um, One of them actually found us. She reached out to us through a cold email. And Jared, my husband, my co founder, wanted absolutely nothing to do with anyone who wanted to work with us. He's like, they can't be that great if they're reaching out to us, but she is fantastic. Uh, She used to work at Apple and at Fisher Price and is, you know, absolutely one of the best decisions we made. Um, And so, you know, we've, we've, in some ways, we've pivoted a lot, right? Our breast pump has remained the same, but we now do our own manufacturing here in St. Louis.
0: So oh, wow. we have
1: a team of 13 people that physically puts together the breast pump. And so some of those people who do it, we hired before we made that shift. Um, and so really making sure that as we went through the hiring process, the vetting process, that we were hiring people who were flexible, who were adaptable, who were willing to go with the flow, who wanted to learn new things. You know, we... No one knew how to build our breast pump. We didn't know how to build our breast pump until we built it. So, right, that that wasn't a skill set that we needed, but we needed people who were flexible and who wanted to learn and who wanted to be part of a team and who wanted to grow with us and kind of believed in this, you know, this mission to take something that was reviled for so long and make it better um, to, you know take a small piece of the, the, the you know, postpartum experience and make it better. Um, and who really believed in that, that mission and, that, and wanted to be on that journey with us. And you know, we've had incredibly high retention rate and we've been able to high, hire really wonderful people, uh, mostly here in St. Louis, although we do have a few people who are remote um, and it's really worked for us.
0: How did you come up with the name Babyation?
1: so at the time we wanted something that was a dot-com we wanted it to have baby and something else as part of it and so we kind of backed into well if baby and innovation or baby and lactation had a baby that's you know that's that's how we came up with aviation and it happened that there was a dot-com so it felt like it was right
0: i love it i always talk to founders about do i need a a naming agency, and I find that most <laughs> of the companies uh, actually sometimes there's somebody who has hired a, a naming agency, but it's actually very rare. Um, it seems that most people kind of think about it and dream about it and they come up with the name. So starting any company and launching a physical product is always challenging. You obviously have other challenges with it, getting over 30 patents. What What do you think was like the biggest challenge for you and launching this company? Obviously, you've got a lot of patience and resilience, and but what were some of the hardest things? Maybe there was a time when you were building the product and something didn't work the way that you thought, uh, and you had to shift and pivot in some way. But I'm I'm so curious uh, how you would answer that.
1: Yeah, you know, I I kind of break it up into the the physical design process, and then everything else. You know, some of our parts have been through 60 iterations because, you know, when you're moving air and you're making seals, like things are within thousands of inches tolerances. Like it's, it's crazy. So, you know, that there, there there've definitely been challenges on the design side and, you know, all credit to the people on the design side who, you know, who've kind of broken down the barriers and, and made it work. You know, on the I think kind of on the founder side, right? The, the word you mentioned was resilience, and I think that that's not talked about enough. You know, just how resilient and how mentally tough you have to be to be a founder, to be any founder, but to kind of come back day in and day out on a six-year journey before you even have the chance to see, like, is there a there there? You know, is 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 anybody going to want my baby? I mean, you know, that's that's tough. And you know, for a medical device, six years is fast, but for any normal, sane human being, six years is a very long time. And and so, you know, really being, having that mental fortitude, having, you know, a very just clear vision of, you know, what is your why? What am I doing here? How am I going to push past a hard day? Um, you know, for me, for my family, for, you know, for Jared, for our team, for our kids, um, for the moms that, you know, have written us for years to tell us how a product like ours would change their lives. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't want to be dramatic about that, but, you know, this is, it's not used for too, too long generally, but, you know, a breast pump is just, it's such an intimate experience. It's, you know, it's physically on your body. You are using it many times a day for many months, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night, it is a very emotional experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it does affect how you view those first few months of your baby's life. Um, you know, there was a study by Milk Stork that said that 95% of women say that pumping is the hardest part of breastfeeding. And so to make a product that's better and that makes a difference is a privilege. And it's not one that we took lightly. And, you know, we actually would print out emails that we received or, or Facebook messages or Instagram comments um, about how a product like ours would make things better. And, you know, I looked at them a lot on a hard day. Um, I think we all did, you know, making a making any physical product is hard. Making a medical Mm -hmm. device is harder. Making an app that controls a medical device, because the app is also a medical device. Um, You know, we, we, uh, we did not start out with something easy, Um, but we did start out with purpose. And I think that really helped.
0: Definitely. So what's your favorite part of growing babyation? I heard you talk about, consumer feedback. And I feel like that's always been what's gotten me up on those challenging days where I'll go back to read those emails, letters, uh, posts, et cetera, of how Hint has changed lives. And I think that I would imagine you're hearing that as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, I will never forget the very first person to post a comment after we went on sale. Our marketing manager called me and she's, and I was driving and she said, you know, you need to pull over. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> like this is what's, what's going to happen here after I pulled over. And, you know, the person basically said, you know, I've used 16 breast pumps and this one is far and away the best one. And I just started bawling because it's, you know, it's six years of work. It's six years of heartache and struggle and stress. And you know exuberance, right, the day we got our fDA clearance, like you're you're flying higher than you've flown in a long time and and so to kind of see that that very first comment just meant and still means everything.
0: Yeah, it's, it is, uh, I always share with friends of mine who have never written a note to a company. I, I always say you should, you should write to them because if nothing else, there's a founder over there, somebody that's developed a product that worked really hard. Yeah. I think you worked extra hard waiting <laughs> yeah. six years for, for this, um, that will really be inspired by it. So. You're an entrepreneur. You've met many entrepreneurs, I'm sure, along the way. And when you think about what makes an entrepreneur successful, you talked about resilience, totally agree with you, um, creativity, uh, beyond the great product or service. What do you think it is that really makes th- that entrepreneur somebody that you're going to bet on?
1: So I actually started investing. Um... A little bit, you know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge angel investor yet, but I've, I've really kind of become taken with this, with this prospect of both investing and, you know, mentoring early stage companies. And I, I believe that I will only invest in people who, when their back's up against the wall, they are going to find a way, right? Mm -hmm. They are going to say, you know, not today world. I'm not given up yet and I'm going to figure it out. Um, that presumes, of course, that they have the right idea and the right execution and the right solution and all of those things. But, you know, I know plenty of founders with really good ideas and really good execution who just, they, they, they were done. And, you know, that's okay. I believe that we all have the right to say when we're done. And I believe that there is honor in that. And that is fantastic. Um, but, you know, I am sure there are many days that. of the people who've kind of experienced the journey I have would have been done. And, you know, we're never on the other side because there's always, there's always another mountain. um, If I can kind of mix my metaphors, but it's incredible. (laughs) You know, the the things that we accomplished last year and this year to to not have been able to have those, those wins, those experiences, I would have missed out on so much. Um, Yeah, So, you know, I I think, The founder matters.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely matters, and I think your point of showing that you get back up again and that you're owning your mistakes and transparent about those things is is really critical. So, looking back on creating Babyation, do you think there's anything that you would have done differently?
1: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yes. (laughs) Not even. I'm sure. Just you know, yes. You know, you especially when you've never made a product, a physical product or a medical device before. And Mm it's been through the manufacturing process. You know, we, we custom built almost all of our parts. If we didn't have to, or could have built it differently. I mean, that would have saved everybody some pain. Um, so, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sure there are ways we could have messaged something better. I'm sure there are ways that we could have built something smarter. Um, so, you know, yes, I'll, you know, All all we try to do is learn from them and do better next time and kind of take them with us, not in a paralyzing way, but in a, hey, remember when we didn't make as good of a decision here? Let's try to not do that going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, I, I think about actually... In growing hint, I mean, there's so many stories and so many things that we didn't do right. But for us, it was packaging. We were so confident that our packaging was perfect, and that as long as we had what was inside the bottle, um, you know, that was the key thing. And while I think you have to have that, I think packaging is is really important, especially if you're on retail shelves. But I think it's also important just for people to be able to visualize it and be able to see it. We actually I interviewed somebody yesterday who was talking about this that actually has a frozen product. And the problem with frozen products is um you know oftentimes you have to cook it um not ice cream or something like that, but oftentimes it might have uh crystals, right? And if you have a clear <laughs> packaging and you're looking through the consumer doesn't really want to see that, and so there's things like that that are um, so critical in in the packaging. That once they ultimately change the packaging, they were able to significantly grow their business. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting, right? Yeah. Super, super huh. interesting. Yeah. So, so last questions. I'd love for you to share a success tip or nugget of inspiration for somebody who's sitting here saying uh, maybe they've like you developed their own home version of their product and now they're thinking, I should really go and take it to market. What, what inspiration or suggestions would you give to people?
1: So number one, make sure that you, you know the, the problem you're trying to solve is a real problem and that you've mm-hmm. solved it well. Uh, number two, make sure you're going into this not to get rich overnight because there are way easier <laughs> ways uh, to do that. Um, number three, make sure you have a group of people around you that you can be vulnerable with because there will be hard times and you will always want to, you know, we're often, we often need to project a really good face, but we also Mm -hmm. need to find people that we can be vulnerable with. Um, and then I think the last thing is when you have a hard day and I don't care what you're doing or how successful you are, you're going to have hard days. You need to know what works for you. So you need to have that list of emails that you need to look at or the people you need to call who will help you, you know, help boost you up. And you need to be able to figure out why you did it in the first place.
0: Yeah, I think that's so, so key. So, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have all the information for Babyation in the show notes, but also for you too, and so that people can follow you and hear about the progress. I'm so proud of you. I mean, this is this okay. is a major, major project that has come to be, and I think it's gonna be a huge hit. So very, very excited about it. So thank you everybody too for listening. And uh until next time. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. I would love to hear from you too. So feel free to DM me. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Undaunted, where I share more about my journey, including founding and building, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted.